This episode of Get In The Game podcast is presented by the Sports Spectrum Magazine. Stories and articles on the intersection of sports and faith that you won't find anywhere else. I love this magazine, and I highly recommend you all subscribe and get your copy today. We keep our subscriptions affordable for everyone, and it makes a great gift, particularly for the kids. Subscribe today at sportspectrum.com and click the magazine icon at the top of the page. Get your subscription now at sportspectrum.com. You won't regret it. Hello, welcome to Get in the Game Podcast with your host, Scott Langer, former MLB star and current water mission advocate. Oh yeah, and he also happens to be our dad. So let's dive right in. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get in the Game podcast. We're here to talk about faith and action, what that looks like, and hear from some really interesting people around the world and hear their stories of service. And I'm very excited to announce that this week we have Corey Robertson, the star of the one of the stars of the Duck Dynasty series. Corey, welcome. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here. I'm really excited, as I mentioned, to have women of influence, women of faith. So many times we talk to these guys, these jocks, and and we need to get some women's perspective in here. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I hear this is normally athletes, and I'm definitely not not a guy, and I'm not an athlete. So I'm pretty good at tennis and pickleball, but, you know, that's about it. <laughs> okay. Well, and for our audience, though, I, I was going to introduce you, and I started looking at all of the things that you're involved in. I mentioned you're a TV star. You're also an author. You're a singer. You've got a an album <laughs> called Duck the Halls, which I guess is a Christmas album. Well, you're an influencer. I would say singer. I take that loosely. I'm in the I'm in the background vocals for for sure. <laughs> well, you know they talk about people being triple threats. I think you're like a, a quadruple threat here. So, <laughs> well, thank it's, you. It is a real pr- pleasure to have you. And um, I was uh, looking at some of your stuff that you've posted on social media. And one of the first things that I saw was this line, and I'd love to start here because you say that part of your bio is faithfulness over success. What does that mean? Yes, actually, that's a quote from Mother Teresa that I read years ago, and I loved it immediately and was like, I want that on my tombstone. I want that everywhere. I want that on my Instagram bio. And yeah, it was... um, there's a story about mother Teresa where this guy was kind of following her around doing work and she was, you know, feeding people and taking care of people and all this. And he was asking her, her stats. Like he wanted to know like how many people have you fed? How many people have come to the Lord because of your ministry? How many people have you like healed? And she wouldn't tell him because she said, God hasn't called me to be successful. He's not called me to the numbers. He hasn't called me. He's called, he's only called me to be faithful and I just loved it so much. It just, um, it's just a reminder to me that it's like, it's not about, you know, what I've done or it's not about how big it's gotten or how many people I've reached or whatever. That's, that's God's work. That's on him, him to do, but it's just for me to be faithful to him, just to wake up each day and to do what he calls me to. And, um, whatever success comes from that is God's and it's for his glory. I love that, Corey. I, I think of you know our culture today and how we we measure ourselves by our number of followers that are on our Instagram page, um, and just that perspective right there of just 
you know, getting back to the individual, getting back to the one. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if all of this life was just for reaching one person, it would be worth it. Um, right. I, I think of something I heard Dallas Jenkins say just recently, and he was talking about uh, when he first decided to film The Chosen, mm-hmm. and he got a very um, unique message that he considers from God because it showed up like at a time that he wasn't looking from a person that he didn't even know. And he said the message was, it's not your job to feed the 5,000. It's just your job to bring the loaves and fishes. Mm. And I love that. That's, That's right it. in line with what you said. That's so good. That's so good. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, that it does. It's nice because it takes the pressure off of us because like we don't have to do it all because it can be overwhelming, particularly, um, you know, in the world of mission or work that you do global reach because it seems like, whoa, how can I do it all? How can I actually make an impact on something? But that just idea that I just have to be faithful with what God's put in my hands and, um, and he'll do the rest. And you're part of a pretty faithful family that we've all gotten to know through the, the great TV show, Duck Dynasty. Um, I've enjoyed watching that show. I've, I've laughed and I've, I've thought, man, these people are just like me. I, I live in <laughs> Texas, you live in Louisiana, but we love to hunt here too. And uh, spend time with family and, you know, big Sunday dinners, things like that. But can you talk about maybe what is the the secret sauce to your family that was so attractive to the rest of the world? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I would say, I think our faith is, um, I mean, I know that's our secret sauce. I don't know if that's what was most attractive to the world, but that's definitely our secret sauce. And I actually think that that is what is what was attractive to the world as well. I think that um, people you know, I always say about our show, I think it said less about us and that we made this great show and more about what people were really like yearning for. People were really wanting and hoping to see some, a family of faith that puts God first and that is not perfect, but at the end of the day, sits around a dinner table and loves God and, you know, just offers up a prayer to him. And I really think that, um, it, it showed that, that's what the world needs. You know, that is what the world wants and needs. I know whenever we started the show, I think that the network executives felt like we were going to be this odd family that like, you know, ate squirrels and (laughs) live in Louisiana or whatever. And um, that people would kind of watch us because we were so different. But actually people, like you mentioned, people watched us because they're like, oh, I can relate. That feels like my family. That feels like home. And um, I do think that that is something that, you know, the world was needing as far as, um, you know, our secret sauce for our family. There's no doubt. I mean, it, it, nothing would have been what it is today. Our family would not be together and um, we would not be, you know, we would not be who we are today at all without God. And he, when he came into the Robertson, the life of the Robertson family, Bill and Kay, when they turned their life to him, just everything changed for them and everything changed for generations and fun generations. I just had my seventh grandbaby yesterday. Congratulations. Yesterday. Yesterday. Oh yes. So we have seven um, grandbabies and just to look at the generational impact of God and faith coming into our life, it, it changes everything. Well, that makes this time even more special. So I'm going to keep this short so you can get back to your newest grandbaby. Um, Well, we've seen some reality TV show disasters around families and, you know, environments that seem to be toxic. Um, I know it's difficult to be in the public eye. Um, How did you manage that? Yeah. 
when we started, when we first got asked to do the show, I remember a lot of like well-meaning Christians, people coming to us and be like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, look what happens to families. They get divorced and kids end up on drugs and all these things happen to families that, um, that, you know, do reality TV. And I remember we, well, first of all, we went into it with a lot of prayer and just were like, God, this is yours. We're going to give it to you. And if it's not good for us or not good for your kingdom, then take it away. But, um, but beyond that, you know, I had a friend speak to me about when Sadie, our daughter, Sadie got asked to do dance with the stars. She just was so encouraging because she was like, Sadie has a spirit of God in her. She does not need to be scared. And I, it, all of that throughout those few years, I feel like God really kind of opened my eyes to how many times us as Christians or believers are kind of scared, scared of the world. Like we stay in our little boxes because we don't want to like nothing happened to our family or nothing. We don't want anything to happen. And so we kind of stay in these little boxes when we're scared, when actually the word of God says, don't be afraid. Like I'm with you. I'm going in you. You're the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And all these promises that God has given us that he's going to be with us wherever we go. And so I think for us, you know, it was a real, I don't know, I've been experienced to say like, oh, no, no, like we don't need to retreat. We don't need to be like stay in our churches or in our boxes. We need to be in, in entertainment. We need to be in baseball. We need to be in sports. We need to we need to be in the world but not of the world, like, like the scripture says. And so um, that's really kind of how we decided to approach it. Just know that the spirit of God is with us and we're not going to do it perfectly. We're going to screw it up because it is hard. It's it's not easy, you know, whenever um, you have a lot of eyeballs on you all of a sudden, there's not like a handbook for when your reality show kind of hits the level of fame or whatever ours did. But um we just knew that we could trust in him and kind of hang on to that tether um, that we have with Jesus and that he He would be with us in it. I'd love to park here for a little bit too, because that was actually a follow-up question I had because I've, I've heard you described as fearless. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of times we think about the world that we live in and the safe play might be to retreat or not put yourself out there for fear of judgment or, you know, what comments may come. Um, you know, there's a lot of contentious situations now that mm-hmm. Christians are are put in. Um, how did you navigate that? And maybe if you could go to specifically some scripture that helped you through that. Yeah. I remember um, our daughter, Sadie, who has now she speaks. We just had a big conference that she put on here and in our hometown, which was amazing. We had like almost 4,000 women here just worshiping God together and because of of Sadie's ministry and what God's done through her and um she went through you know a lot of fear i think you know being a having a, being in the spotlight at a very young age and you know a lot of things that come with that she dealt with anxiety and fear a lot and she asked me one time she's like mom how come you're not you're not you don't seem like you're ever afraid you know And I said, well, it's not that I'm never afraid. It's just that I actually really believe what the Bible says is true. Like I actually believe it. And I know that he is with us. And I know that like whatever we experience, um, I remember, I guess this is 
this is doesn't have to do with the television show, but this was a time when um, we got asked to go to Somalia. Sadie and I got asked to go to Somalia to deliver food to an IDP camp and do some work there. And right when you get asked to go to Somalia, Mogadishu, and we were just like, you know, excited to get the opportunity to do it. But then all of a sudden, everyone's like, wait a second, you know, that's like labeled the most dangerous place in the world. And you might have to wear a bulletproof vest and all the things that kind of go along with that. And I'll never forget um, the night before we went, I had this, this guy who's a, a friend of ours, a pastor friend, he's actually passed away now, but we called him the prophet because he would just send us a text that was just in the right time, the right moment that was encouraging word, or he had a word for us from the Lord. And he sent me the night before um, we went the scripture that talks about how unless, unless a wheat um, chaff dies, it can't it can't bear grain or it can't something that scripture, I think is in John about a wheat has to die before it actually can produce. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like the day before I go that's to Somalia, the prophecy. that's yeah. the text you sent me. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. So I hit my knees and I just prayed Psalms, you know, over our trip and over what we're going to do. And I just thought, you know, now is this, we're, I'm being put to the test. I've said, I believe it. I said, I believe you, God, that I trust you and that I mean, you're in your hands. And so now I actually have to really live it. You know, it's one thing to say like, oh, I trust in God. I'm going to Hollywood and going to be on a tele television show. It's <laughs> another thing to say, I trust in God. I'm going to Somalia where there's very real danger and threat. And I do just remember thinking like, it's not that I wasn't afraid, but I had to just say, okay, I actually really trust in you. And I trust that your word is true and that I put my life in your hands. And um, so we went and um, there was one night that, and when you go to Somalia, it is a different experience. You, it's like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Check into your hotel, you go through barrier after barrier after barrier. And um they asked us to put our um, our blood type when we checked in on the thing. And I didn't know Sadie's blood type. And I said, we, I don't know her blood type. And they said, you're in Mogadishu. You need to know your blood type. We were like, oh, okay. So it was just, yeah, it was a, a scare. There's guards everywhere. And um, we were in bed one night and Sadie woke up with some fear. And we just started quoting the Psalms, you know, we just started just saying, God, your word is true. We trust you. We believe you. and um, we actually, the day we left, we landed in Istanbul and there had been a, a bomb, truck bomb that killed a lot of people right where we were. And so, you know, it was one of those situations that there was very real danger, but, um, you know, there's times I believe that we can say, okay, we believe, but then we're, we're in the situation. We have to actually live what we've said all this time we believe. And um, I think that was, that was one of those moments for me to say like, all right, I really do trust you. You know, I really do trust you and your, what your word says is true and you, you are with us. And, um, and I do think that you mentioned scripture, um, just knowing those scriptures and putting them, even whenever Sadie said, I was quoting, I think that night, I think it was Psalm 58 that she said, I was saying, and I can't even tell you Psalm 58 right now, but she said, that it was such a comfort to her because I started quoting it in bed that night. And I was like, I don't even, I didn't even know that I knew it, you know, mm. but it's that putting that, the word into your heart and mind, he will, he will come bring it back up to you whenever you need it. Yeah. That full armor of God. 
Yeah. As when you were about to tell me what verse the prophet said, I thought you were going to go to the, the Lord blesses the feet of those who carry the gospel forward, but <laughs> no, yeah, yours was kind of scary. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? Most of his most of his um, texts were so encouraging, and then that one, I was like, all right, <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> but I, I, what I think is cool about that story is how you know that was a kind of a maybe a reality check that mm-hmm. you know yes, this is a serious thing. And yes, you know, God calls us to die, whether it's, you know, die to our, our selfishness or, you know, other things in our life, or we may be asked to give up our life. Um, but he also gives us those verses of comfort. And I've heard you reference mm-hmm. several Psalms and, uh, and you already had that and, uh, mm-hmm. and you, you were able to draw on that when you needed that comfort too. Yeah. Yeah. God is good like that. Let me ask you this, um, and that related to that experience in Somalia, because I think some people may be listening and go, there's no way I would ever go to Somalia and take my daughter. Uh, how would I, you know, as a father, like I could not even imagine sending my wife and daughter off to a situation like that. But um, but as we've talked about, God gives us what we need for situations like that. But how do you reconcile uh, being dangerous for the gospel and yet taking not taking unnecessary risks too mm-hmm. um you know i think i've just i don't really know what that looks like to um to reconcile or not reconcile I remember i never forget i was actually in um the dominican republic one time and um there was a um a couple there who had moved to the worst part of the dr with their family when their kids were young. And I thought I could, would never, I just couldn't do it. Like they, they moved into this place where their, their kids were like two and three and they didn't have running water. They said they nearly died the first year they were there. The, um, they said the, the people took care of them and kept them alive because they did not know what they were doing, you know? And I thought how incredible that is that they would just say, they said they prayed and asked God to t- send them wherever. And that's where they felt like he sent them. And so, um, and I forget, we got on the bus and one of the kind of leaders on the trip said something about, you know, um, as we go back to America, like we have to kind of figure out balance. And I was like, you know, like, I don't really feel like God is like calling us to like balance. Like it, like, if you look at this couple who like just gave up everything, like there was no balance there. They just were like, we're all in, we're doing it, we're going, you know? And so I don't know that, it's necessarily the calling on our life as Christians to like figure out how to like balance or, or whatever. But I do know that I think that different people are called to different things and different, there's different places that, you know, there's tons of work to be done right here in West Monroe, Louisiana. There's tons of work to be done in Texas. There's tons of work to be done wherever. So not everybody is called to every place and everything, but I also think that we have to be a little bit bolder with our prayers and with our, um, our lives, because we, we do have God with us. And, um, he, he does ask us to, to lay down our lives. That is a great word. I, I love how you stated that and how we should not impose our calling on yeah. someone else because we each have a calling and it's very Absolutely. specific and God equips us with exactly what we need to fulfill that calling. Absolutely. Yeah. Willie, for instance. So I love that kind of, and, and Willie's also traveled um, and, and done work all over as well, but he feels a real, a real specific calling to right here, you know, to people 
a lot of people right here that he knows that um he's a he's a loves to share the gospel with people and he will do it at you know the four seasons or at the you know or right here at the you know waffle house or wherever he is you know so it doesn't have to, yes i definitely think that the calling does not have to be in somalia or haiti or wherever that each of us have a different role and that that um there's so many scriptures about we're the body of christ and it takes all the parts amen well, we talk on this podcast a lot about different causes or uh, things that people support, how they've engaged in God's calling for their lives. And uh, the very name of the podcast is Get In The Game. It's get off the sidelines and and get out there. And uh, I love what you said about how, you know, we can pray some bold prayers. And sometimes when we pray those prayers, we're we're uh, maybe hoping that God doesn't answer them in a certain way because we hope, man, I really hope he doesn't ask me to go there. Um, but when you think about the causes you support. And uh, and you and I have actually been connected uh, through joint efforts. Uh, we talked before we ever hit record about work that we've done together in Haiti at, this, at the very same village. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I, we were both there about a year apart and, and seeing the work that was done from orphan care to uh, providing things for families and water and all of the, the basic needs. Uh, another uh, opportunity was during the Afghan pullout. I know both of our families were involved in helping rescue people from Afghanistan um, that were being targeted by the Taliban. But when you think about uh, the, how you make a decision on what to support, and I'm sure there's no shortage of opportunity for you and your family to support a variety of causes. How do you, how do you decide what to support? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I think different times it's been different for us. Sometimes it's kind of been more spread out where we're just like, you know, that scripture, like if someone asks for this, give them this, you know, someone asks for, you know, a mile ago, the extra, or someone asked for your cloak, um, give it to them. And so sometimes it's kind of more of like spread out, like, okay, when someone specifically asks and we feel like, okay, you know, sometimes God puts on your heart, like, all right, there's, I've got some, I've got something, some funds to give or something that I'm going to give. And then that person comes to you in that moment. You're like, all right, this is where it should go. But I think in general, the things that we've tried to do is really commit to specific things. And um, so our family has been a part of uh, work in Dominican Republic since, um, let's see, probably 15 years now. And um, it's the same kids, same home, same work. And so now it's amazing because we we go back and we see those same kids, those same well, now they're, they're becoming adults and having their own kids. And we've been able to just really impact their life and they've impacted our life because we've committed to those kids and, you know, have said, we want to see them flourish and we don't want to just like feed them today and go and, you know, paint a room for them or whatever, but we want to actually see them break that cycle of poverty and, and break the cycle of, you know, of no faith in their family and so that whenever they're adults they can have healthy families they can be a part of a church that they love and so that's been really really special because it's has you know we've been able to kind of see these kids go to college now and have their own families and like I said they become a blessing to us they're like our family in Dominican as well and so 
we've been able to do that work, which has been really, really special. And um, so I think there's a part of it that we love to just commit to one thing, you know, in, in that sometimes it's kind of scattershot. It's like, oh, I can give here, I can give there. But um, if you can find those really special places that you're like, all right, I'm going to stay here and be here for the long haul. I'm going to see, I'm going to see these kids, you know, become adults and get married and have families. I'm going to see this work done to completion. And so a couple of the things that we um, do, one is at work in Dominican. And then another is we have a, a summer camp called Camp Chioka that my grandparents started in 1967. And my parents met there, Willie and I met there. And now our son, John Luke, is the executive director out there. And we see a couple thousand kids come through in the summertime. And it's just a super special place. And um, a lot of a lot of people give their lives to the Lord out there. We call it our 100 Acres of Holy. And um, so that's been a really, really cool work for our family to get to kind of just see that year after year, um, God do his work out there. What I hear you talking about is legacy and legacy in the lives of those you're serving and, and legacy in your own family. Um, how do, how do those causes, uh, build a legacy for your family? What does that mean in terms of like the things that you're, you're going to hang on to hopefully for generations? Yeah, that's good. That's so true. Um, so for Dominic, Dominican, for instance, we, all of our kids, we started them going with us to do that work when they hit double digits. So that was like the rule when they hit double digits, they go with us to on a mission trip. And, um, so they've all grown up with our kids down there. And like I said, they're starting to have kids of their own and our kids have got pictures now of our kids and their kids and all the grandbabies and all that, which is so special. Um, and then same, yeah, same for our camp. My mom is still, she's 70, let's see, she turned 70 this year and she's still out there every day of summer camp working. Um, she, she was actually the director out there this summer and just did incredible work. So yeah, legacy is really important for our family. I think that generational faith, um, is you know what scripture is all about and you know a lot of people don't have that and are the ones that are starting that right now and so i think that's such a real blessing to be able to be the be the one that says i'm changing this for my family and i'm going to change this and it it will change generations which is such an incredible thing to think about so you've talked uh, about the faith of your parents, about the faith of your in-laws and how that has really established a legacy for generations. Um, I'd love for you to speak about marriage and specifically your marriage. Um, one thing that God is really teaching me here recently is that my kids are watching and they're watching, you know, even the smallest of nuances of, you know, how I speak to my wife or, you know, if I'm submitting to her in a, in a God honoring way. Um, but, um, I, I would love for you to talk about maybe some practical ways that you honor your spouse and that your spouse honors you. Mm, that's good. Yeah, it's so true. Our kids are watching. It's, um, they definitely, um, see, see, um, and learn more from what you, what you show them than the things that you say. Um, so as for, for marriage, we've been married 31 years we were 18 and 19. So we were babies oh, wow. when we got married. Yes. And um, so I feel like, you know, we're still, still learning, still learning as, um, as a married couple. And, but I feel like God has definitely taught a lot, 
taught us a lot. One of the things actually just did a parenting panel, marriage and parenting panel. And um, I, I was reminded of this because the question was about your spouse. And I said, one of the, I remember a friend said one time at a Bible study, she said, you're not your husband's Holy spirit. He has, he has one. And it was so good because it was, it was just a reminder that like, God's got him. He's working on him. He's working this. I have the spirit. He's working on me as well. And so not to try to change the other person or, or, or grow the other person in some way. And um, so I think that, I don't know that that was something that's on my mind just recently as a reminder of that. I heard that when I was young and um, it's always stuck, stuck with me. But I think that um, a couple other things that I always tell our kids is like, be your spouse's biggest cheerleader. I mm. think that's just a little thing, but you know, don't let someone else cheer louder or longer for your spouse than you would. And you are, and Willie does a good job of kind of cheering me on and the things that I love and the things that I care about. And I try to do that for him as well. And just let him be who God has called him to be and the, and the things that he God's placed on him and cheer him on in those and be with him in those. And he does the same for me. Yeah. That's a, uh, I, I think back to John Eldridge in his book, wild at heart. And one of the things that I love that he talked in there is about how every man asks himself a question. Do I have what it takes to be a man? And every woman is asking, am I worth fighting for? Wow. And for me as a man, that's one of the things that I love to hear is praise from my wife of, mm -hmm. you know, babe, you did such a good job over mm -hmm. here. I really appreciate the way you did this. And I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that gives me more confidence and encouragement than I think anything else out there. Yeah. You know, I think that as a mom and now a grandmother, a lot of times I've, I remember noticing this when our kids were little, you know, your kid comes home from school and you're like, hey, what happened? All this kind of stuff. And you're so excited and you give them a big hug. And then sometimes your husband comes home and you're like, oh, hey, um, this happened and this happened and this happened and you need to do this and this and this. So I remember really trying to shift that in my heart and mind and and just saying like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to like when when I see Willie for the first time of the day, I'm going to like hug him and greet him and be excited to see him just like I am for our kids, you know, and I think sometimes that can be a trap that we get in. We, um, you know, I remember one time. Willie actually saying, you know, he had to call me out. He was like, you're just being really negative. And I was like, what? I'm this and this and this, and I'm tired or whatever. Cause I had four little kids or, or, and I was like, you know, actually he's right. I'm being negative. I need to, I need to turn that around. And so, um, yeah, there's sometimes there's, there's those wake up calls when you're like, oh, I actually need to, um, to get up and, and give the hug and, and say the encouraging things before I say all the 14 things that went wrong that day. Willie, Willie's a brave man. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it took me a minute to appreciate that he said that to me, but eventually I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that speaks to uh, that's recent conversation that my wife and I have been having is, you know, we need to be open and willing to receive criticism or even encouragement that might sound like uh, criticism. And that's yeah. just a part of being wise because a, a fool just, you know, takes wisdom or encouragement and casts it aside or doesn't pay any attention to it or tries to attack the the source that it came from. But but true wisdom is somebody that will really listen to that. Yeah, that's good. That's so true. So with uh, our last few minutes here, Corey, I would love for you to talk about the movie that you have coming up. And it's your you're, you're one of the co-owners of this production company that's putting it out. 
Uh, it's the movie's called The Blind, and it's mm-hmm. about your family. Can you tell us about it? Yes. So, um, yeah, this is our first movie out of the gate for our production company. It's called Tread Lively. is our production company that we started a couple of years ago, and we're kind of like, what what story do we want to tell first? And um, the Robertson family story is just really a miraculous story of God's redemption in our family's life. And Phil and Kay, Willie's parents, have told their story, you know, over and over again through, you know, speaking or in their books. And and it just always impacts the comments we get from people um, of the impact it's made on them. So we're like, okay, what if we, what if we put this into a film? And um, so we did, and it comes out September 28th. And yeah, it's Bill and Kay's story. They, um, um, Kay got pregnant in high school. They went off to college together and had 10 hard years. Um, Phil was an alcoholic and and adulterer and all the things you can imagine that um, would kind of lead to, oh, this family is going to be split apart forever. They're, you know, they'll, they'll never make it. And um, just Phil hit rock bottom. Kay had moved, he had kicked Kay out of the house, Kay and the boys out of the house, and they'd come here to West Monroe, Louisiana, and Phil hit rock bottom and finally came up and said, all right, I need God and um met jesus was baptized and their life changed forever and um i always say the two two things two miraculous things happened in that moment you know phil truly repented and Kay truly forgave him Mm. and um their family life our legacy is changed forever because of it and so this movie is that story and it is powerful and um i think that the the message in it I hope that people see is that there's nobody that's too far gone because you look at Phil and you think, oh, he's, he's, he's really far away from the love of Christ, but there's nobody that's too far gone from the love of Christ. God is, he's there. He's with you through all of it. You just have to turn to him. And so we're so excited to get this out there. Um, I think it's going to make an impact on people's um, lives and people's families and um, for people's generations to come. So it, and when can we expect to see it? September 28th. It's going to be in theaters. And um, you can go to theblindmovie.com and like type in and your town and it'll tell you what theater is close, which is really important that you do that because we really need people to show up opening weekend. So here's the way this works. And I, I, this is our first movie, so I'm, I'm learning all of this. But um, you can actually pre-buy tickets to movie theaters. And the more pre-sales that we get, the more theaters we get in. Right now, I think we're in like 1,600 theaters the dream would be to get in 3000 theaters. So we're all over the country and we're guaranteed only one week in the theater. So you, if you don't go open a weekend, you might miss it. So we're only guaranteed one week. And then, um, you know, the more people see it, the more people show up, the more, you know, the more of a hit it is open a weekend, more theaters start picking it up and it'll can stay longer and all that in the theater. So that's, um, so yeah, this is our first time jumping into the space and so we're just hoping people show up and um receive um this film and and support it everyone's been so amazing supporters of our family and everything we've done you mentioned some of the things we've done and god has just blessed us so much we've gotten to to do all kinds of fun fun projects but this one is not just a fun project it's one of those projects that's like really special and really emotional for our family so we're excited um for the world to get to see it 
That is exciting. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe this is very similar to Downton Abbey, where we had a very successful show that turned into a very successful movie. And <laughs> maybe you're not quite, you know, the the English pedigree that they are in Downton Abbey. <laughs> maybe the, the other end of, you know, Louisiana back backwoods. But uh, it, it, it hopefully will, will do I great. I love that reference because I love <laughs> Downton Abbey. Willie oh, makes we do fun too. of me for love it, how much I loved it. Yes. Yeah, so I'll take that reference. I hope it, I hope it's successful. Well, we, we all know that you bring the class to <laughs> Willie's beard and his bandanas and all of that. Well, stuff. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Corey, thank you so much. It's been really good talking to you. I appreciate your wisdom on so many topics on faith, on family and legacy and being fearless. Um, I really appreciate it and hope this is a big encouragement to our listeners. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to today's edition of get in the game podcast, part of the sports spectrum podcast network. Check out sportspectrum.com for more content. And while you're there, consider subscribing to our Sports Spectrum magazine. It makes a great gift and is perfect for the sports fan who loves Jesus. You can subscribe today at sportspectrum.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Get in the Game.